Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Hello, I'm Graham Wood. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with host Stephen Brittingham. Hi, Stephen. This is Emily Parker calling you. Hi, Stephen. It's Melissa Anderson calling. Mr. Brittingham, this is Bill Zook. How are you, sir? Stephen, this is Patrick Duffy. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, your home for meaningful and in-depth interviews. For more guest and show news, please visit hollywoodbeyond.net. Have a question or comment for Stephen? You can send them anytime to the show's official email address, hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, Supernatural fans, this is Carrie Gonzell inviting you to join me for Creation's Supernatural Convention in Arlington, Virginia, this coming August 12th through 14th. I will be there along with all of your favorite Supernatural stars. Join me for a free screening of Just My Imagination. I will be hosting along with the hilarious Nate Torrance, who plays Sully. There will be autographs, photo ops, a karaoke night, and so much more. Get your tickets at creationent.com. Don't miss out. Get yours today. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Thank you for listening. And now your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast, friends and listeners. Your home for meaningful interviews and in-depth conversations. I am your host, actor and writer Stephen Brittingham. I am here in my hometown of Cincinnati. I hope wherever you may be listening to this episode today, that this finds you doing well and having a wonderful summer. I always enjoy highlighting women in film. It's something I'm very passionate about. And today is no exception. Indie filmmaker Arlette Thomas Fletcher is here today to share details about a film she wrote, produced, and directed, The Lonesome Trail. This might surprise some of you out there if you're not already aware of this, but it is a Western. How amazing is that? Arlette will be sharing some of her uh, stories about the making of her film, as well as a bit about her own artistic and personal journey, which includes a love for horses and westerns that goes back to her childhood, where she grew up around farming, and as mentioned, horses, and watching those westerns with her father at a very young age. Arlette, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. It is my pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. I'm very much looking forward to learning more about you and your film. Uh, Where are you joining me from today? 
I am joining you from Maryland. From the state of Maryland. I'm going to assume it's probably a little bit toasty and warm on your side, uh, like it is here. Oh, it definitely is. Well, I hope you're having a good summer and trying to stay cool out there, because this has been one of the more warmer summers that I can remember in a long time. Yeah, it has. Uh, but we have had some cool days. Um, the warmer parts have just basically started up, because we did have some cool days. Yes. Still lots to be grateful for, though, isn't there? Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, I just love this story of you discovering Westerns or appreciating them at a young age, watching them with your father. And Could you share some of that with us about those types of memories and how you uh, developed a love for horses as well? Well, I'll tell you about the horses first. You know, sure. um, I was really blessed. Um, my mom um, would take my sister and I to my great-grandmother's farm every summer. I spent the whole summer there with my great-grandmother, and she had horses and chickens and pigs and all kinds of animals. And um, I got to see my cousin Roosevelt with the horses because he took care of the horses. Well, actually, he took care of all of the animals, but it was just fun being around horses, and I really grew to love you know, just horses and the experience of being around them. And then I decided um, in my 20s that I was going to do some horseback riding lessons and got kind of closer to horses. So I really, I really loved them. And um, it was a great experience. Um, But in terms of Westerns and my exposure to it, um, at a very young age, my dad, and, and my dad always thought this was so funny that I remembered these things, but I was like one or two years old when I started being exposed to Westerns. Um, and I remember it probably because my mom and dad separated when I was five. So I know a lot of people don't believe that kids know things um, at such a young young age, but uh, when I was one, I remembered uh, so many things that happened. And when I was two, especially, just sitting on my dad's lap and watching Westerns. And it was just so amazing just um, sitting there with him. And it, and I think I hold on to that memory because, um, you know, he was in my life for a time and then, you know, with my whole family together. And then he was not. Um, I mean, I saw him outside of my family. but. It was a great experience to be able to have that with him. And when I used to talk to him about it, he's passed on now, but when I used to talk to him about it, he would laugh. He said, you remember that? You were only one and two years old. I said, yeah, (laughs) I remember it. I said, oh, my goodness. And so it drew me to Westerns, I think mainly because it was a pleasant time with my dad and um, it was my time with him. You know what I mean? And um, you know, when you're a little girl, you're daddy's little girl. So I, I remembered those things and it really touched his heart that I remembered it because he said, I didn't even think that little kids that young could remember those things. I said, Oh, little kids remember things. And I said, it, you know, it kind of was burnt into my memory. And um, I've watched, Westerns probably every day. I love Westerns. I I got started writing um, this story um, because one of my very favorite Westerns was on, and I was watching it with my husband and my son, 
And I started thinking, I said, you know, God, I would really like to do a Christian Western. So because I'm very prolific, I just pulled out my laptop and I just started writing um, a story. And then I, you know, said to my husband and my son, would you guys listen to something? And they said, sure. I said, okay. Um, I'm thinking about doing a Christian um, story. Um, so I said, I'm going to call it the Lonesome Trail. I said, that's what God has given me. I said, and it's about forgiveness. And it's a story of a preacher, and it's a story of uh, the prodigal son kind of intertwined. I said, and I would like to tell this story. So they said, okay, well, let us see what you have. So I read them some of what I wrote, and they said, wow, that sounds really good. So then I said, well, I'm going to keep writing. So I kept writing, and then... Um, you know, as I was writing it, I was thinking of it as a book. And then I started, you know, kind of flushing it out because what I do to flush out stories is I tend to write a treatment. So as I was flushing it out, I said, you know, I need to do a screenplay. So I worked on the screenplay and then I got so caught up in the story, I decided, um, you know, that I was going to talk to a friend of mine who does Westerns and see what he thought. And when he saw, you know, when he, you know, read it, he said, wow, this is really good. And I said, really? And I was going to do it as a short. And, you know, because doing a Western feature is very expensive. So I said, I'm, I'm going to do it as a short. And um, when he read it, he said, well, now you need to write some more. So I wrote some more. And um, then I came back to him and it was like 50 pages or more. And he said, now you're on your way to a feature. And I said, a feature? I said, I really think I'm going to do a short because you know, my budget, I'm trying to, you know, stay within a certain budget. He said, you really need to do a feature. And I said, okay. So I worked on it and I, you know, kind of simultaneously, I, you know, was kind of writing stuff for my book, kind of writing stuff for the screenplay, kind of writing, you know, and just developing and, um, got the screenplay finished. Um, then I, you know, kind of started having development meetings and, just, you know, talking um, to different people that I wanted to get involved in the project. And um, it was very exciting, um, just, you know, developing it, planning it, uh, and figuring everything out. Um, and once we got through that development stage, then I started, you know, kind of focusing on, um, you know, what, I was going to be doing in terms of the, you know, the pre-production and then the production. Uh -huh. And then, you know, we got into, um, you know, the casting. I did all the casting myself. Um, I did have a couple of friends that were casting directors that helped me out as well. Um, and that was uh, a lady named Tariva Racher and uh, Betsy Royal. They helped me out with some casting as well. But um, I really focused on picking the, the, cast myself and um, really wanted uh, people that could really understand the story because it was a Christian Western and I wanted them to understand it's a Christian Western. So I, you know, I wanted it to have a certain, um, you know, level of integrity and I wanted the actors to be committed to that. So the actors that I found were committed um, to that um, and I was very excited about it. Um, the last actor I found was the son um, who played uh, Matt uh, Barnaby, and his name is Mitchell um, 
uh, Ross Jr., and um, he was great. He fit in with my team. Um, the preacher was the next to the last, and that his name is Peter Ray. Um, and I found each of them in different places, the, the cast. Um, and um, the, the prodigal son or the, you know, the, uh, Preacher Carson's son, uh, Colin McHugh, um, I found him through another actor. And then uh, the guy who plays his brother, um, Joshua Carson, um, he, his name is James Poole. I found him through another actor as well. Cause you know, actors tend to know good actors and I just kind yes. of, uh, auditioned them and then, um, felt good about them. Um, um, Antoinette Fisher, who played the, the mom for, um, Matt Barnaby, um, who was a good, you know, character to work with, um, Lamont Easter, who played, uh, Bill Barnaby and, Sister Frances <laughs> with Kendra North, um, and then Kelly uh, Swartz, um, Russell Swartz was um, Elizabeth Turner, and we, you know, we had some great actors in this. Um, uh, the actor who played Michael McRae uh, was uh, Donald M, and they were all great, and I one of the great things was we had a family feel to the story. I mean, um, on the set, um, we were blessed, uh, because, uh, as I said, a friend of mine, you know, who does Westerns, uh, his company's name went at horse Productions, and they had built a Western town and we, you know, were blessed to be able to use that town, um, for, um, the Lonesome Trail and we were, we went in, we repainted and we, you know, worked on things and got it to look like Red Springs, mm -hmm. um, Montana, you know, to make oh, it our okay. own. Yeah. Well, so it was very exciting. It was very exciting. I'm glad you got to keep your full vision because it sounds like when you were describing about, well, I have to stay within a budget and, you know, that, that means probably a shorter story. But I'm really glad that more of your full version and vision came to fruition for you. I'll share Arlette with you. We have a couple of things in common, and that is the first few years I lived on a farm, actually, in, in Georgetown, Ohio, a, a small town, so to speak. And I had okay. a, a pony named Gypsy. And Gypsy just was so gentle. I would play cowboy with her. Uh, like you, I really had a love for Westerns at a young age. I remember I had a hat and everything. I could even sit under her, and she would just stand there. She was so gentle. Uh, I will tell you this. I've never shared this story uh, on the podcast before, but I, I was raised by my grandparents. That much I have shared before numerous times. So my grandfather, I called dad, of course. Uh, he, too, watched a lot of Westerns. And yeah. also World War II movies. And, you know, when I was little, like, you know, cable wasn't going to be out for a few more years. So whatever was on during the weekends, that's pretty much what you had. And lots of Westerns, if you recall, back at that time. And now Ooh. we can watch them on streaming services and all kinds of oh, ways. Yeah. But we were watching a scene and it was in a saloon. I don't recall the movie, unfortunately. But uh, one of the men was drinking at the bar and another came in, 
And I think that he was like the good guy, so to speak. And he said a few words and, and he turned around and he socked the guy. And the guy fell to the ground. So when it came to a commercial break, I walked over to my dad and I said, Dad, can you come down here a minute? He said, sure. And when he leaned over, I socked him one in the, in the jaw. And he said, what'd you do that for? I said, well, I was just doing what the guy did on, on, you know, on TV there. And he just burst out laughing. So, um, and I was, of course, I was at a very young age, but that's a story I've not shared before. And, and it's, uh, it's very funny. I, I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, now you mentioned that you love Westerns. Is there any in particular? Out of, there's just so much material that's been made over the decades, even during the classic years of Hollywood. Do you have any personal favorites? Uh, Tombstone um, oh, is one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, True Grit mm-hmm. um, is also a favorite. Posse um, is also a favorite. Um, Once Upon a Time in the West is also a favorite. Um I also like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, there are so many. You um, like the good ones. El, <laughs> El Dorado. I love El Dorado. Um, um, what is the other one? It's, it's, it's one about a sheriff. Um, I can't remember the name of that mm. one, but I, I have so many that I love. Um, yeah. I think of all of them, um, I mean, I really love Tombstone. The in that's Val one of Kilmer, my favorites too. Kilmer is you know I'm your Huckleberry. I mean, I really, I mean, he nailed that line. And um, and what a know, story of friendship between oh, the two yeah. main characters. I, mean, I and overcoming when, odds and all of that. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when Val Kilmer went in his place, um, mm. you know, because he knew that. You know, Kurt Russell's character would not be able, Wyatt Earp would not be able to, you know, outshoot um, the the guy. I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he he just, you know, it really mm-hmm. touched my heart, you know, because he pretended like he was so sick that he couldn't go with them, and then, you know, um, it was just gripping. And then, you know, when he showed up, and um, he just, you know. He defended his friend. I mean, I, I mean, there are so many westerns um, that I love, and I watch westerns all the time. God knows, I watch Gunsmoke almost every day. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time, but I used to watch uh, that all the time. But see, I watch the Rational Channel, which has a lot of westerns, and then I watch the westerns because <laughs> I love westerns. So. Um, I get to see all kinds of westerns, um, and um, so what a I treat that you get to make one, right? That must have been like a dream oh, come true. It is, and I hope and pray I can make um, at least two more westerns. Okay. Um, I really hope I can. Um, it was very exciting. I had so much fun doing it. It was a lot of work. Um, I had one funny story. Sure. Um, but they had a couple of them, but this one was really funny. Uh, when we were on set, uh, one of my cast members, she loves animals so much. Uh, she plays May. Her name is Walker Hayes. And um, she loves horses. And she was rubbing the horse. And um, so we were getting ready to do a scene. And I noticed that her face was breaking out. And I said, uh, what's going on with your face? 
She said, what do you mean? I said, your face is swelling up and it's breaking out. I said, you didn't look like that this morning. And she said, oh, my goodness, what do you mean? What do you, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. So I said, well, let's go through. What have you done? Did you eat something? She said, no, no, I was just playing with the horse and rubbing him, and I gave him a kiss. I said, oh, Lord. I said, you're probably allergic. And she was like, oh. And she, so we had to go. Uh, do a quick run to, you know, like Walmart and get uh, something for her to take to, um, you know, make the the reaction she had to the horse go away. And she was such a trooper. I mean, she, you know, took the medicine that we got, you know, it was over the counter. And then, you know, she, you know, she started feeling better and her face went down. And we went ahead and shot, you know, the scenes. But it was just so funny, you know, that in a moment you could be ready to shoot something and your actor could go out rubbing a horse and kiss the horse and their whole face doesn't <laughs> out and you're like, what is going on with you? Oh my God, are you okay? And just realizing, you know, you just have to stop everything because I drove her to the Walmart and because um, uh-huh. I wanted to make sure she was okay. So, you know, it was just amazing um, just, you know, that was so funny um, when that happened. And then we also had um, a situation where um, when we were shooting, um, one day we had planned to shoot certain scenes. We, you know, we checked the weather. Everything was good. And then we were getting ready to get set up. We were all ready to go. And it started raining. And we were like, is it raining? I said, oh, my goodness. So then we had to kind of scramble and figure out with, you know, the actors we had for that day, what other scenes we could shoot inside. So that was, you know, that was a unique experience. Um, And I'm sure that happens, um, you know, in other productions. But, you know, when you when you're dealing with a smaller budget, you got to you got to try and figure out, you know, what you can do to salvage the day, you know, so. Those are some funny experiences for for me. Um, And I had one other where my horse escaped. Um, I was told the horses were, you know, used to gun, you know, gunshot. Uh And uh, we had the stunt, the stunt stunt rider was on the horse. um, And um, one of the other horses was standing by. And, you know, he was doing the stunt. And when he started shooting the guns, the horse ran away. And we were like, what? So we stopped and we were trying to catch the horse and we were running up the hill and the horse was running, you know, galloping up the hill. And <laughs> people were running behind to catch the horse. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Lamont used to reach out and grab the reins and caught the horse. And we were like, in shock. We stood there for a moment because, you know, the horse stopped. You know, horses don't usually stop. If they're running, and it doesn't matter. You can grab the reins. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> if they're running, they're running. Yes. He grabbed the reins of that horse, and he stood there, and the horse stopped. And it was it was just such a blessing because, you know, we, we, we were, like, trying to catch him. And I said, oh, my goodness, where's this horse going? And it was, so, you know, it was so funny, you know, because in films they tell you, you know, don't work with children, don't work with animals, 
you know, especially in your first film. And this is my first feature film, and I, you know, hey, I ran the gamut. I worked with animals. I, I had an armorer working with weapons. I had, you know, horses. Um, you know, it was something, you know, but... Um, mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like quite an adventure, um, filming this Western. How long did it actually take you to film the entire project? Uh, we did it over a three-month period. Three um, months period, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah. We we did it, um, and we worked on it, like, uh, I think we started, and we, we were kind of, still working things out when mm-hmm. we started. Um, but we started shooting it in, I think, June. Okay. Um, so we shot June, July, August. Um, we finished up in August, but then we also had to do reshoots. Um, so, you know, even after we finished and even after we got the, you know, the assembly cut done, we still had to come back and do reshoots. Um, and we did a lot of CGI in the film, um, a lot of VFX. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was done yeah, very nicely, because... um, adds a lot of atmosphere. Now, let me ask you, Arlette, <laughs> did you stay within your budget? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I did not. I did not. I tried. Um, but a film, you know, it's, it's just so difficult um, when you have so many moving parts. Um to do that uh, with, you know, with the horses, with all that VFX. The VFX just, you know, was so much. And um, I worked with different VFX artists. Um, I, um, you know, it was just a lot of work. Um, And so much just had to be done, um, you know, just to make sure that everything was believable, you know. And that's, that's the key. Uh, so you might start out, you might have a VFX artist that is working on the film. And, you know, that person works uh, and, and kind of flushes everything out and you're working with that person. But then, you know, and, and on, on set I had a VFX supervisor and then, you know, I had a VFX artist who worked on the actual film um you know and then after that we kind of had uh, when i was dealing with uh post-production i had a vfx supervisor and artist who worked and we changed a lot of things that the other vfx artists did um you know for the actual rough cut of the film so a lot of it was changed a lot of it was tweaked uh it was just, it was just, it's just a lot of work because one of the things, you know, that you deal with with VFX and, you know, CGI is that you may be looking at it and everything looks one way, but then actually when things start getting keyed out and worked out in that film and you start seeing it, you're like, oh, that's not, that's not really, that's not really looking believable to me. Uh-huh. So then you are starting to kind of focus on doing some other things and, you know, pulling some other backgrounds and different things that you may have to put together and working with the VFX artists and seeing what else we can use 
and then, you know, being able to then approve those and say, okay, these things work. Let's get rid of the other things. Let's change some things here. Uh, we also did day for night, you know, we shot day for night, you know, so you, you, you know, you had uh, to change shots that were shot in the day to night shots, you know. So there's a lot of different things that took place. Um, and that's, you know, it, it can get kind of expensive um, sure. when, you're, when you're dealing with all those different things. And in, in all honesty, you know, you just don't know, no matter whether you budget for it, when it's your first, you know, feature film, you, you, you can budget for things, but you just don't know because it's your first feature film. Exactly. Now, was that your first experience with CGI as far as a filmmaker goes? Uh, no. I've done numerous music videos uh, over probably about 12 or 15 years that um, are out there uh, working with an artist, uh, Joel Brian Thomas, who is a music artist that I've worked with. And I had worked on a lot of CGI with different music videos of his. And as a result, it really, really gave me a lot of experience. I also did a Western music video with him, which uh, was kind of my test for my Western before I did the Western. So I did that uh, Western music video, and it turned out very well. And we, you know, we did CGI in that as well. So, um, you know, and VFX. And so, therefore, you know, yeah, I did. I was used to working with uh, VFX artists. Um, and, you know, um, definitely had been blessed to have that experience because wouldn't have been able to do this film without that background. I see. I see. Well, when you look back now, what lessons did, did Arlette learn? What did you learn as you walked away, both as a, as a, as a person and as a creative person? Is there any lessons or perspective that you walked away with after you finished uh, filming? Uh, yeah, um, the the greatest lesson I walked away with is you should have distribution for your film before you shoot it. Um, it it's very important to know where it's going before you produce it. Um, you should also consider, you know, marketing for your film um, before you actually uh produce it. Those are some very important things that should be considered. Um, you also need a tremendously good line producer um, for your film. Um, I think um, when you have a great line producer, um, that really, really will help you uh, kind of work things out and know what your budget is. And that line producer can help you you know, realize, hey, the possibility may exist that we may have to spend more money here, um, you know, or here, you know, various areas that uh, kind of jump out uh, to that person. So it's it's great to have that person on board. Um, you really need a tremendously good uh, costumes, um, you know, department that can handle it and a continuity person because it's so important to remember and keep track of that, uh, everything that's being done, everybody's costumes. I was really blessed. Pat Jones was my uh, costume manager. Pat Shipley helped me with uh, getting all my costumes together. I was really blessed um, with uh, just so much from, um, you know, just 
having those people on board. And uh, it it was really um, one of the things that I really was blessed with was the uh-huh. Amara, um Rigo Reyes, uh, because you can't play with guns on a set. Um, and we found that out from accidents happening. He, you know, he really was very strict about the guns and, uh, you know, he trained, uh, my guys, my, my actors with the guns and, you know, uh, also helped me make decisions that, you know, make sure that everyone was safe. You know what I mean? So, that that's some things I took away. Um, definitely grateful that I had stunt people that were skilled um, on the film. Um, uh, Rigo Reyes um, brought those stunt people, and um, you know they did an excellent job uh, because you really have to have people who know what they're doing. And you know um, when you do western films, you don't want to just uh, think that you can go out there and do it without having certain things in place, and those things are important. And I'm, you know, I'm just so glad about that. Uh, and um, just a great assistant director. Uh, you know, first assistant director is a tremendous help. Um, so those are the things I learned. Okay. Um, and and really, I think uh, on my on my next production. Um, I definitely would definitely make sure um, that I had those things, you know, in place Mm -hmm. even more so. Well, I'll tell you what, Arlette, I've really enjoyed listening to your your stories and uh, your answers and all that you shared today. I really appreciate it. Do you have anything around the corner? Is, Is it another Western or are you doing a different type of project on the next one? Well, I actually have an animated series called The Cat Face Cat. Uh, oh, it wow. is a fictional um, story. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to be doing it as a feature film okay. and as a series. Um, and it's uh, a cat um, that um, kind of gets into some different things. And um, it's a millennial mixed couple. Um, that are together and they have these cats and um, the cat takes them on a, a really fun and exciting journey. So it's it's a fun story and I'm looking forward to, um, you know, being able to get it out there um, for audiences to see. Well, I'm very excited to uh, uh, learn more about you today and, and your film and, and how can folks out there see the film that we've been discussing if they want to go check it out? Well, the film is on Apple TV, iTunes, uh, YouTube, uh, Vimeo. Um, the film is on um, Amazon Prime. It's on um, Dish TV, Comcast. Um, it's um, also on Verizon Fios. Uh, it's on video on demand on all those platforms. Um, and uh, so it's, it's just about... Uh, so many places that uh, people can get it. <laughs> Excuse me. You can also purchase the DVD and Blu-ray um, on Amazon as well. Um, so I mean, it's it's pretty much uh, been uh, distributed through Gravitas Ventures, um, and it's just it's out there on so many different platforms. <laughs> 
well, it was so nice to meet you, and I really want to wish you the best with your future projects. I, I know that faith is important to you, and I know that you bring that vision to your projects as well. So thank you so much for being my guest today on Hollywood and Beyond. It was so nice to speak with you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. However, before you leave, Arlette, you have some book projects that you would like to share with me and the listeners today. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to go ahead and do so now. Sure. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, um, I have the Lonesome Trail book, and that book is on Amazon, um, and it is in hardcover, and it is in paperback, and it is on Kindle. So um, definitely your listeners can pick it up there. Um, I also have an uh, inspirational book coming out in September called Giving God's Love to Others, How to Show Christian Love Behavior. And that's going to be in um, on a lot of different platforms um, where people will be able to get it. Uh, it'll be in bookstores, and it'll also be hopefully on Amazon as well. Um, I currently have another book that is on Amazon. It's a children's book, and it's called Dreamer's Journey, and that's on uh, Kindle. Um, we're hoping to get that in hardcover soon. And we're working on two other books, which will be coming out on Amazon uh, very soon. One is called Planning um, Planning Your Dreams, and it's for teens. Um, and it's like a self-help book and a workbook. And then the other one is called Restarting Your Dreams, um, and that's for adults. Um, and it will also be on Amazon, and you'll be able to get it in paperback. You'll be able to get it in Kindle. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I also have some music out there. Uh, uh, one of my songs is on YouTube. It's called You're Not Alone. So um, definitely listen to that. And I have one of my other songs, which uh, was nominated for Best uh, Performance Artist at the International Christian Film and Music Festival. Um, it's called Jesus, You're the One I Depend On. And you can um, listen to that through here now. Um, dot com um and i truly hope that the work that i'm doing is blessing people um because that is my objective that i glorify god in everything that i do so thank you so much for just allowing me to share the gifts that god has given me and just try to be a blessing um with sharing them with the world well that's a beautiful way to end our conversation And uh, I wish you all the best down the road. And I look forward to learning more about you as well. And I look forward to your upcoming projects very much. Nice speaking with you today. Thank you. Hollywood and Beyond podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by Stephen Brittingham. See you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks for listening.